Welcome to the Girl Scout Advantage podcast, a podcast where we educate, empower, and share the stories of the Girl Scout experience. Join us to rediscover the magic of leadership, teamwork, and personal discovery. The Girl Scout Advantage, a podcast where you will learn how the Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan creates successful girls for today who will become the leaders of our tomorrow. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Girl Scout Advantage podcast hosted by Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan. My name is Brenna Smith and today I am here with my coworker Tracy Judy. So Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be on here today. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know Tracy, um, she works out of our Kalamazoo region, serving um, a few different service units out of our Kalamazoo region, and she's a membership specialist. So that means that she works directly with um, girls and volunteers to make sure that we are um, making the magic happen in terms of Girl Scouting in our communities. So um, Tracy also does have a background um, that makes her an expert um, in some some tactics that we feel are really helpful for girls um, to experience right now and really helpful for leaders and parents to have this knowledge of just some exercises that um, you can do with your girls. But before we get there, I'm going to ask Tracy if you can just tell us a little bit about your background and, um, you know, maybe how you gained this expertise and what brought you to Girl Scouts. So when I first decided that I wanted to go to school, I wanted to make a difference in other people's lives. And so I joined a small um, college up in Grand Rapids area and solely decided that my major was going to be social work. So I joined the social work field and was getting all these different expertise um, and trying to figure out what was really what I wanted to focus on. And so I traveled over to Uganda to finish out my studies. And I worked at a teen pregnancy center, which really opened my eyes in so many different ways. Um, just because the things that those girls were experiencing were things that I would have never thought of. Um, I never thought of someone being kicked out of a, their whole tribe, not just their family, but their whole tribe for having a pregnancy that um, was from a diff a certain circumstance um or that it would be like a romeo and juliet type of relationship or um which doctors were a fear and so it kind of took like the social work in a different realm because they're also like you were allowed to hug and you were allowed to um do different things that are kind of more frowned upon in a social work practice in the Western field. So that kind of made me like be more empathetic towards the girl type relationship when moving here into Girl Scouts. Um, but in between there, I had about um, five to eight years of clinical work in the social work field here. So in Grand Rapids, I worked as a supports coordinator, which is just like a case manager um, for people with developmental disabilities, because that was a passion of mine. And once I moved down here, I worked um, in the realm of autism. Um, so I worked with early intervention autism, and then I moved over to case management where I worked a dual diagnosis of substance abuse and mental health. And it really made me love mental health in so many different realms because just the way that the new therapies are coming to help out, um, anybody that is dealing with. We focused on more adults um, in my practice because of the substance abuse and um, just the practice that I was in. However, a lot of these therapies also go into girls and how to prevent having some of these mental health outbreaks in their future and start controlling it at an early age. And so that's kind of what I want to kind of more focus on and going into is how can we control this increased anxiety and depression among girls now so that it doesn't get to a point of a mental health break and keep it at a control of I can recognize that right now I'm feeling anxious thoughts. How can I how can I move past that? I am feeling depressed. How can how can I recognize that before it happens so that I can keep moving positively, but then also be myself and be assertive and be okay with that. So that's kind of what I wanted to share today. That is amazing. And how, how cool that you have this um, breadth of experience from the social work field. Um, and 
I love what you said about like how all of that experience really made you think about how can we empower girls in these areas too. Um, I love that. Is that kind of part of why you came to the Girl Scout family as a Girl Scout professional? Absolutely. I have never decided that I'm not doing social work anymore. Um, to me, it's just social work in a different way. Um, I had a daughter and it was hard to focus my energy on a 24 hour 24 seven act service that I was doing at the time being on call all the time while trying to raise an infant. And so I was looking for this and I was like, oh, a way that I can empower girls, but then also become a better mom and learn how to empower my own daughter in ways that I wish I knew. Not that my parents did anything wrong, but we are always learning and evolving as parents or as mentors or as leaders that we can always bring something new and always learn. And I just feel like Girl Scouts has helped me develop in that way, but then also is helping our future generations of seeing a problem and moving forward with it. Kind of like Einstein, he never just stopped learning, but he always said, but I can always learn more. I can always learn better. And that's kind of that same tweak. I love that. Yeah, that is so true of the, the culture here at Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan, too. We are constantly learning, constantly asking questions. And one thing we talk about all the time is how Girl Scouting and being involved in Girl Scouts can help you become a better parent and think about things in different ways. So I love that you said that. Um, so our, our big focus today, um, bringing in your expertise that you kind of explained, is talking about DBT, which is Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. So can you give us an overview of, of what this is and how troop leaders or parents might be able to implement it? Yeah, so DBT is a type of therapy that comes from cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, um, and it's used to change negative thinking patterns and push it towards more positive behavioral changes. Um, DBT is a great exercise to do with girls that are experiencing any type of self-doubt, thoughts to harm themselves or maybe others, or just any type of anxiety or depression type feelings. DBT can be used before you find yourself in this type of headspace or even during this type of headspace. Um, so while you're kind of practicing this when you're in it, you're going to learn how to recognize those feelings so that you can get to it before that increases and happens. And so that's kind of the magic and beauty behind it. However, I do want to preference that these are not like I'm going to give this to my girl so that I don't have to send her to therapy or I'm going to give this to my girl so that she doesn't need to seek help. These are great techniques for any girl to use um, no matter where their headspace is at. However, it also is not meant to be an end-all be-all. So if a girl is expressing any type of anxiety feeling that might be above what a parent or you as a leader can control or feels like depressed or have thoughts of self-harm or of harming others and they're kind of expressing that and that seems concerning to you. Um, a great resource that our trained professionals for teens and young adults especially is you can call. It's 310-855-4673 or the girl can text teen to 839-863. So those are great resources um, that can get help right away. It's a hotline and can help refer girls to the help that they may need um, in lieu of these type of therapies techniques. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think that that's really important to mention that, you know, this is definitely, these exercises are not a substitute for getting professional help for your girl. Um, and I'll be sure to put that hotline and that text line in the description notes. So if you're listening right now, um, you can scroll down to the episode notes and you'll see that information there as well. So awesome. Well, Tracy, do you want to get us started talking about some of these exercises? Yeah, so DBT really focuses on a few different types of skills. One of the skills is de-stress tolerance skills. Another is core mindfulness. Another is emotional regulation. And then the last one is interpersonal effectiveness. Now, some people love to use all of these and some 
are a little silly to them. And so they're going to find a different type of therapy. And I'm only going to share a few of them in there because there are millions of different um, techniques to use. Um, but like I said, I love to practice these even myself in my own personal life um, because I know that um, sometimes I have a way more emotional way of thinking about things. And some people have a very rational way of thinking about things. Um, I just want to think for an example of like my sister, <laughs> we're totally different. I'm very emotional thinking and she's very um, rational thinking. And so this kind of brings in a wise mind. So how can you bring in both of them? And so even for myself, who I don't struggle with anxiety, however, to have that type of practice in on myself helps me become a better person as well. So these, these are great techniques all around, like I said before. So let's go into some de-stress de tolerance skills. So these are a lot more when you're like feeling that stress or an anxiety type of feeling coming along. Um, these are great to use during that time or even when you're at the height of those times. So the first one I'm going to talk about is self-soothing activities. And this isn't like, I'm going to coddle myself up like a baby. And it might be. Um, <laughs> however, it doesn't have to be either. So these are really focusing on your five senses. So my favorite thing is to maybe find a place or just sit somewhere by yourself. And you're going to not just focus on one, but you're going to focus on one at a time. So if you are wanting to go for a walk, you can go for a walk during this time and just think about what you're tasting. You might not have any type of food in your mouth, but what, what are you tasting in your mouth? Because most likely your saliva kind of held on to something in your mouth and you're like, hmm, maybe I should brush my teeth or, or oh, like I never thought like that that's the type of taste that was in my mouth at this time because I haven't drank anything. I've only had water today. Um, so just having that thought and mindfulness going just towards one sense. And then you'll move towards hearing. What am I hearing right now? In my neighborhood, I hear a lot of dogs barking. I might hear the crickets. You might hear something that you never heard before and just think, wow, that's a beautiful thing. And so that's kind of changing your mindset there. Then you'll move on to smell. What are you smelling during that time? Your sight, what are you seeing? How often do we, are we walking around or even sit in our own living room or in our kitchen and don't even know what's around us? Like if you closed your eyes, you wouldn't be able to say where it's at. So having that sight focus is really crucial. And then touch, what are you feeling right now? Is, is your table smooth? Or if you're on a walk, like, are you, are you feeling something like, does it kind of feel like kind of gritty in the air? Or um, have you ever actually like really like felt like your thighs or, or are you feeling your arms moving? And that's the first time you've actually felt that during a walk. So just kind of focusing on each of those senses really kind of puts your brain at a different, a different spot and is a little bit of a soothing technique for yourself. And this can also just be done by sitting down, like I said, walking around or going to a place that you haven't been or have been to a lot of times and just kind of noticing something that you haven't heard before. Another thing that you can do with those five senses is closing your eyes and ringing a bell. Put a timer on for five minutes and do all those same techniques. So think about your taste, your hearing, your smell, your sight, and your touch during those five minutes. And then have that bell go off after the five minutes. So if you have like a timer on your phone and then just notice everything you've never noticed before by just closing your eyes. So you, you know what you're seeing could be those light changes that are happening because your eyes are adjusting to having closed lids at that time. So you're like, oh, I saw red and then I saw some yellow and then it was like almost like white dots and then it was like pitch black. Those are things that you don't always notice when you're going right to sleep because you're just focused on sleeping. So those are some great things. Also the good old pros and cons list. <laughs> some people love this. Some people hate it, um, but if you're one that loves it, if you are feeling stressed out about a situation like, I don't know what to do about school. I want to go to school, but I'm really nervous about seeing people for the first time after not. I'm nervous about seeing people mask on and my friends with masks on. Am I gonna recognize them? Are they gonna recognize me? What they're gonna think about me? Write down those pros and cons lists because then you're gonna kind of see and you're gonna be able to think a little bit more rationally about, okay, do those cons matter? Do those pros matter? Um, and how are they going to affect me during this time? And you might start noticing that 
the pros are probably going to outweigh the cons in most of the time. Or if the pros don't, then a change of plans might be a better option for you, but still go to school, kids. <laughs> don't take the, don't go to school <laughs> out of this. <laughs> um, and then uh, one that I really love is TIP, and this is, uh, it has T-I-P-P -P to it. So you'll think about your temperature, intense exercise, pace breathing, and prog progressive muscle relaxation. So temperature. Just changing your temperature of your body helps cool you down both emotionally and physically. So if you're starting to feel stressed out or you're feeling like some high breaths going on, you're like, I don't know where this is coming from, or maybe you do know where it's coming from or any anxious type feelings, a good way to do this is you could just for five seconds, just have some cold water, fill it in your sink and just submerge your face or just have it in your hands and put it across your face and just see how that's helping to cool down. You might have to do this a few times because um, five seconds isn't always a long time, but we also don't want you to drown yourself either. But here are some other ways that you don't have to just submerge your face and be like, am I doing this correctly? Um, so some helpful tips, grab some ice cubes and have them in your hand and just hold on to them for about 30 seconds at a time and then have a cup and maybe put it in there. And then you can always repeat that a few times as well. But just having that is gonna, you're gonna notice that your breathing's going down and that you're like, you're able to breathe and kind of get back into that wise mind type feeling. You can also trick your body if that doesn't seem enough to just have your hands. You can trick your body to make it seem like you're submerging yourself. But if you have an ice pack like in your freezer, we have some squishy ones um, that are great for if you have an imaginary boo-boo or you have like a real one, um, as my daughter would say. Um, and you can actually put it against your cheeks. And if you have your eyes closed, your body believes that you're underwater during that time. So that you're actually going to want to do for 30 seconds. Um, because you're not going to drown yourself. <laughs> so go ahead and just um, close your eyes and put that against your face for 30 seconds. And you can put a timer on if you need to and then take it off. Just don't have it on for longer than 30 seconds at a time because you also don't want to have an unwanted rash or um, feeling to your face either. You don't want to freeze your face. Um, so then you can take it off and you can always repeat that again, but make sure that there's enough time to have your cheeks go back into a normal heat space um, before you repeat that. Um, but you'll definitely notice a great change. It's one of my favorites and a great technique that a lot of, um, that I have witnessed and helped out with um, when I was practicing in my social work field. Um, intense exercise. This is an amazing thing. Um, you know, you get your endorphins um, going and rushing, increasing the oxygen, help flows. Um, and helps de decrease any of those stress levels. So you can just do this for 30 seconds. Run in place. Um, just run up and down the stairs if you want to, or just anything that kind of gets your heart rate up that you can do physically will really help. And then you can kind of like look back and be like, okay, what was really making me upset? How can I go about this? Because a lot of times it's just once you can get your body back into a place of like thinking of, Okay, but why is that stressful? You can kind of manage it a little bit more. Pace breathing. This is amazing, especially in Western culture, because a lot of times we don't think about our own breathing, or we're only gonna think about it if we're in yoga class or watching the Cosmic Yoga Kids. Um, and so, so this is a great technique to use and if you need to do it in a quick spot. So maybe if you are working during this time or at school and you're just like awesome having this almost like an anxiety feeling or just stress level, just close your eyes just for a few seconds and breathe in for five seconds, hold your breath and then breathe out for seven seconds. And you will be amazed at how much awareness that you have that your breathing is probably not right during most of the day. And also it is calming down not only your heart rate, but also your whole nervous system. So this is a great technique to even pair with any of these other ones. Um, so sometimes we say when you're doing like the ice or the tip, do those in between each other. Um, if you're feeling like a real like type of attack going on. 
and then progressive muscle relaxation. Now this is great to do um, at the beginning of the day or in the middle of your day, kind of when you have some time to yourself, um, just because you might look a little bit silly if you're gonna do it like right in between a class or something, because um, it's best to do lying down. Um, you can do it sitting up as well, um, but it really does work the best if you can do your whole entire body. So you're gonna wanna have about 10 minutes to spend on this. And so this is gonna help decrease your heart rate your body will become more relaxed than what you felt in your highest intensity, even though you're going to actually put your muscles into a higher intensity than what they feel right now. So what you'll do is what my favorite thing to do is put on some like soothing music. So use your Pandora, use YouTube if you need to. Um, and if you need to, you can even research, like just type into YouTube or something, a guided, um, muscle relaxation, and you'll hear some people that are professionals that have that soothing voice going on with it to help you through it. And so you'll tense up your face for a few seconds and you'll intensify it. You'll get your neck. So you'll feel muscles that you never felt before and you're tensing those up. And then you're just gonna feel so calm afterwards. No matter how stressed you were, you're gonna feel less stressed at that point so that you can kind of relook and say, okay, well, what's going on? And how can I actually combat some of these? And then you're ready to use some of these other tools if you need to, or you're just ready to say, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can move on from this. So let's go into some other, um, unless if, do you have any questions, Brenna? Well, I've done the progressive muscle relaxation one, and I love that because I think it really helps, like, it helps you relieve tension that you didn't even recognize that you're holding. Like, for me, um, I tend to carry stress in my shoulders, so it's, it's like if I get stressed out, my, my shoulders just get tenser and tenser and tenser and tenser, and I don't realize it until I, like, intentionally relieve that stress and then I'm like oh wow you feel this this relief wherever that that you are holding on to that stress so I love that one um, do you have advice for parents or troop leaders about how they might walk a girl through these exercises yeah so if you have um, if you need to you can always reach out to me um, my email is tjudy at gshom.org and I can kind of send you some of these steps um, as well and so that you can actually walk them through some of these things um, and how to react during this so like if they're calling you and they're like hey yes I know I can call the helpline but right now like can you just walk me through this and so um, maybe they're like, I, I feel like that temperature one would be a really good one for me. Um, so even just before the meeting um, or before you notice that girls are having this, you can go through some of these tips and say, hey, like these are some great tips for if you're feeling stressed out because I know this is a new school year for you. School's looking a little bit different. So let's walk through these tips. So if you ever need help with these, you can call on me. I'm a safe person and we can go through these together. So that way you're being proactive in it. And so you're hitting them when, when they're, they are calm and feeling okay, so that they already know that there's a safe place to call. So when they call you, you can say, okay, do you have an ice pack on you? Okay, why don't you go grab that? Okay, how are you feeling right now? And so they'll, they'll label however they're feeling. Um, you might even have like, you know how when you go to the doctor, there's like that list of how am I feeling? And it's like really sad face and then like a really happy face. And you can say on a scale from one to eight, or one to 10, what are you feeling? And they're like, I'm at a four. Okay, great. Let's kind of take a deep breath right now. Let's breathe in for seven seconds. Let's breathe out for five. Now I'm gonna have you put that ice pack on your face and close your eyes. I'm gonna come back to you in 30 seconds, okay? So your 30 seconds starts now. And then after that 30 seconds, like have them have that silence to themselves so that they can kind of go through that on their own. You don't have to be talking the entire time. And then at that 30 seconds say, okay, now, where are we at on that scale? And then I say, I'm at a six at this point. Great. Let's do another breathing exercise together. Okay. Let's do it together. And that's the main thing is always let them know that you're going to do this together. Yeah, you might not be submerging your face together, but you're there to be that timer for them. And just keep like going back and then say, hey, like what was going, like what was going on at that point? You don't always have to start with what's going on because that might actually build so if they were at an eight at that time, if you're asking them what's going on, they might also be coming at a 10 because now they're reliving that situation. So instead, just ask them where they're at and then start with the technique. And then once they're at that calmer level, then you can ask them what was going on and say, okay, but then how can we move forward on this? 
I love that. And I think that for some of these too, I'm thinking about, you know, like, like jittery daisy girls, right? If you're a five-year-old who, you know, all of our girls are experiencing stress and anxiety right now. You know, that's what, that's what the research tells us. If you haven't already listened to our CEO's um, podcast about this, you'll want to go back an episode and, and listen to that and listen to how girls are experiencing stress and anxiety right now. Um, but even our little girls, like even if they are, they're not totally sure what's going on in the world right now, they still feed off of our energy and the energy of people around them. And they, they can feel the uncertainty and, and the stress and the anxiety. So some of these exercises, you could even walk them through, you know, just at the beginning of your meeting to kind of get everybody on, a, on an even level, um, you know, and get those, get those jitters out. Absolutely. Like the intense exercise, like what Daisy doesn't want to run in place for 30 seconds or the pace breathing is a great exercise. I do that with my two-year-old daughter all the time because she'll get like so excited. Like it might be on the excited level that she wants to tell me something or when she's super upset and like, okay, well, let's just breathe together first and then we can talk through this. And then also I find out what really is going on, um, whether it is the positive or negative. Um, the muscle relaxation, if you um, it, it might be great for daisies if they have that type of attention span, they might love it. Um, however, <laughs> they might go more towards the intense exercise or maybe you're doing it right after the intense exercise doing that, um, might be a lot of fun, especially if they get to lay down like with their favorite pillow to do it. Um, so those are, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend a temperature for the daisy level, um, just because of their own like self-awareness at that point of their own body temperature. Um, but there's still three great options to do at any age level. And like I said, I even practice some of them with my two-year-old just because it just makes it a lot easier to get to the root of the problem and also to make sure that I'm understanding what's going on. Awesome. So I think next on our list is core mindfulness. I love practicing mindfulness. So um, can you walk us through your, your tips and tricks for this one? Yes, so I already alluded to it a little bit about um, the rational mind versus the emotional mind and how that wise mind is actually putting both of those together. So if you are a more of an emotional thinker or you are more of a rational thinker, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. And all of us have a, on a scale of seeing all of it. So it's just kind of becoming more um, in touch with where you are. So one of the ways to become more in that wise mind is by observing, describing, and participating in what you're doing. So that is putting yourself fully in what you're doing. So like I said before, going for a walk or just sitting in your hammock outside or just sitting in your thing. So you're not going to want a lot of distractions um, around you um, if you're feeling this way or need to come back to a more rational mind. So this is really good for if you are um, feeling like there's just so many thoughts running through my head. So I don't know where to go from here. And so doing one of these activities that kind of makes you be able to kind of walk away from some of that headspace and observing what's around you. So kind of like that same thing with, um, our last activity with the sensories, what is around you? Like, what do you normally not see around you and describing it even to yourself? Like, wow, that leaf has brown and dots on it and there's a ladybug on it. Like who knew that this leaf had that and fully participating in what you're doing because this is going to really make you be able to think more intuitively about what's going on around you. It's an arrangement of balance of both your rational mind and your emotional mind because you're thinking rationally it has this, it has this, it has this, but then you're also thinking, wow, it's beautiful. Wow, this, this part's about it. I never would have noticed this. So you're kind of bringing in both of those minds right there. And it makes you think more than just yourself at that point too. You're thinking about the things around you and how everything affects each other. And it also helps you ask yourself if you are in your rational mind or emotional mind, maybe you don't know what mind you're, you are normally in. And so it kind of makes you think about it but then how to put those two together. So if I am just more emotionally, but like how can I bring that rational side in to make the emotions actually count? So one doesn't overbear the other. And then you can kind of go back and say, okay, so I was thinking about this, 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 and this, 
how can I put it in an order of priority of what should be accomplished first um, or what do I need to work through first? And also, how can I actually combat it at, at a positive way so that I'm not just thinking, oh, like I'm super mad at this person, so I wanna do this, this, and this. That's purely emotions at that point. But how would that, but then you're gonna think rationally, how would this affect my relationship going forward? How can this do this? Okay, but how can I bring both where I can think, I'm really mad at you, but I wanna fix it because I don't want this to affect our future relationship. So that's an example for like, if like you're in a fight with somebody. And later we'll talk about dear man, which is a great way to kind of bring your wise mind into practice. Awesome. I, I love this, um, this mindfulness and um, practicing just really being present in the moment. And um, I think for me, like a, a huge thing is being able to, um, you know, put that cell phone down and put it on silent while you're doing this too. And um, be away from those constant notifications that are distracting you or, or calling your attention elsewhere. Um, that can be really powerful, especially for our kiddos, you know, who we know are so connected with technology because school is virtual and Girl Scouts might be virtual and, you know, this, that, and the other thing is, is, is on Zoom or it's online. Um, being able to disconnect and just really be present in the moment can help to alleviate a lot of those thoughts of um, anxiety and depression as well. So in some way you can um, also practice the mindfulness that's not just like a meditation because meditation can be very boring um, for some people. It's great for a lot of people, but for some people it's just not good enough, especially if you're having those daisies that you really just want to bring like, okay, but where are you in this um, into it? And if you are virtual, you can't just go for a walk because that might be very distracting to do, especially on a Zoom call. So something that I would suggest if you are doing like a virtual call and you're noticing a lot of stress and you kind of want that wise mind thinking, but you're not gonna tell them that that's what you're doing because that might be too many words for them, you know, um, but kind of bring them back into reality of what's going on and kind of like let them know, okay, like we're gonna get on tears soon, like if we're doing this. And I want you to think more, we're gonna do a science project soon. So we need to think kind of like on a rational level too, and not just think about, okay, what well, that could burn me or that could hurt me in some way, or there's a fight going on, is let them know, bring bubbles. Bubbles are a great way to have something that's right there in front of them that they can just blow the bubble. And that's bringing to your mind a breathing technique. And it also is you're seeing the different shapes of the bubbles so the girls can describe the different shapes of those bubbles or if they're spilling it, what are the scents that are going on because some people might have scented bubbles, some people might have regular bubbles. So it's a great sharing technique as well. Um, but having just that conscious of blowing a bubble and seeing what it looks like can really put somebody in a wise mind. Or if they have a snack during that time, um, try to have everybody have the same snack. And so they can actually like take time to actually taste it and feel it before they swallow it and then describe that experience. So that's a great way to um, kind of practice a wise mind type theory virtually. Who knew that bubbles and snacks could be such a great uh, mental health practice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> I really love just sometimes too, like when I'm eating food, because sometimes, you know, you're just so busy to scarf it down just to actually take your time and to think like, oh, what, what type of texture is in my mouth right now? Like, what would it be like if I ate two more bites of this before swallowing or what would it feel like this way? Um, so this has really helped me kind of more slow down in my eating and, and really enjoy food instead of just using it as a step to get to the next thing. That's awesome. I love these techniques. Um, it looks like up next we've got emotional regulation. Do you want to bring us through that? Yes. So this is a great technique, um, especially to use if um, you are um, seeing like a mental health counselor or just to use on your own practice. This is not something that you have to share with somebody unless if you feel really comfortable with that person. Um, so I wouldn't say like as a leader, like you have to be that point person or like don't like have that girl share it with everybody all the time because this is a very personal thing. So this can just be a diary. Um, and you can almost put those same smiley faces that you see at the doctor's office. You can print off sheets, just Google in um, like 
um, how I'm feeling diary cards into Pinterest and you'll see some of these things where you can literally each day. And if you are doing this, I would say do it every single day so that you can recognize your feelings, both positive and negative. And so each day, just circle how you're feeling and what went on during that day. Cause then you'll start noticing some patterns and this is going to help you to combat some anxiety, depression type feelings, or just stress level feelings early on and detect it and know how to combat it before they actually get to a height. Um, and so you'll start noticing, oh, I get very stressed out, usually around Thursday, and that's when a lot of homework starts piling up, or that's when my workload seems like, oh no, I don't have enough time to finish it. And so I need to figure out a way to manage that before Thursday or prepare myself for it before Thursday. So I'm going to use some of these techniques before Thursday so that I don't have those feelings. And then maybe seeing that type of feeling start declining or when I'm talking to this person, my anxiety goes up or my heart rate goes up a little bit more. And so I need to find a way to kind of know how to prepare myself when I talk to this person, because I'm gonna keep talking to this person, that person's not gonna go away. Um, or also, um, what can I do to help make the situation better? Maybe I need to talk to that person. Hey, when you say things like this at me, that really hurts my feelings. And so you can work together on that. So this is a way to notice patterns. Um, so you're going to want to look back at it, even though it's going to be hard sometimes, but that's also why I say do it every single day, because then you're also going to notice those great days and what have happened during those great days. And so that you can kind of repeat some of those as well, so that you are doing things that you love, that you may not know that you love. Like if you do go on daily bike rides, maybe you never notice that you love those things, but you notice that you're in a better mood when you do them. So you're like, yeah, I need to keep doing that. Um, Maybe you drank a lot of water that day. And so you're like, oh, water does make me feel good. Or I, I gardened and I just thought that that was a chore that my parents made me do. But that actually made me feel really good inside and like I was making a difference. So just um, having that diary of how you're feeling, what happened and why you think that that may have happened on a daily basis. And this could just be a few sentences. It doesn't have to be a whole paragraph, but if you are a writer, go for it, girl. And even if you want to, too, you can do this in a, like a vlog setting, but save it so that it's not public um, because this is your privacy. And a lot of things that we are doing are public and you do want to share so other people can relate to you. But on a daily basis, if you are feeling like you're stressed and stuff, maybe not everything should be shared, but you can have that in a safe spot so that you can go back and visit it and say, hey, here I am. And then when you're able to kind of notice some of these techniques, if that's something you want to share and kind of have people relate to you on, then that might be okay. But always seek professional help before you decide to like just share everything about your own emotional, personal journeys. Yeah, that's great. I think that this, this practice of journaling um, can really help build your self-awareness, you know, and, and that's um, really important for girls and for adults to be able to recognize um, and, and be aware of those feelings that you have that might be underlying or like what the triggers are for you for stress or triggers of happiness, you know, triggers don't have to always be negative. Um, so I think that's great. I have recently adopted a, a journaling practice within the last year um, and I've seen really great outcomes from it. So highly recommend that one. All right. It's amazing and, of what you can learn from just yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> you, don't, you don't always need to be around professionals or just reading about all these documents. You learn so much just from your own personal life experience, whether you're five years old or 35 or 85 or a hundred. Absolutely. We all have a lot of wisdom that we can tap into if we, you know, take the time to, to do that. So I love that. Um, and then up next is our last one, our last kind of tip is interpersonal effectiveness, which I'm so excited to hear about this one. So take us away. I love this technique too. So this is a technique that you can use, whether you're actually going to use it and practice it, or if you just need to get some things off your chest and then rip it up and throw it in the trash. <laughs> and so a lot of times we'll say, um, in our practice of when I was doing this as a social worker has, Hey, did you do the, the dear man? Did you keep it? Are you going to practice it? Do you want to practice it with me? 
Or are you going to rip it up and throw it away and say, I feel good now? Because sometimes after you're done with it, you're like, that's really all I needed to do. I just needed to chat with myself, maybe chat with another person about it. And it really doesn't matter. But sometimes you might want to actually use this. So Dear Ma'am stands for describing, expressing, asserting, reinforcing, mindful, appear confident, and negotiate. So I'm going to go through each one of these. So literally what you're doing is writing a, like a letter. So there's always that joke. I'm going to write a letter to that company. I'm going to write a letter to my principal. I'm going to write a letter to my boss. If I had so many things to say, I have, I have so many things to say and I'm going to get it out. And so this kind of helps you also get into that wise mind of, are you an emotional person or are you a rational person? And how can I put those together? So first, what we're going to do is in this letter to whoever you're writing to, even if it's yourself, you could be just really mad at yourself right now and so you need to write a letter to yourself, um, is describing the situation. So what's going on? So let's just say you are mad at your teacher for putting another homework assignment on you. So dear teacher, I am really upset that you put another homework assignment on me. You already gave me five of them this week. How can you pile on another one? And then you're going to express how you're feeling about the situation. It really makes me feel like I have a lot on my plate. I'm also trying to do X, Y, and Z. This is virtual. I can barely breathe when I'm in class. So this is kind of getting out your emotional side on it. And then you're going to assert yourself. So kind of thinking rational and what do you want out of the situation? So what are your desires and outcomes of this? I really wish that we could push this assignment back to next week so that I have some time to complete my other ones. I think that I could do a better job, X, Y, Z. So just keep um, kind of what your goal is out of this letter and then reinforce. So why is this outcome most important to you for the situation? So again, if we're going through that same example that I was kind of doing that is that I will be able to complete a better job at this assignment if we're able to push it back one week. Now what you're going to do is you're going to reread everything that you just wrote and kind of reflect back on what you're doing. So what you did so far, did you get sidetracked? Did you start talking, you know, I have to go to my dog, like I have to walk my dog and I have to do dishes after school because that doesn't pertain to the teacher. The teacher does not care about that. Um, she might, but, or he might, but maybe not. Um, do you bring up any unwanted information? Did you bring up like that your dog is sick, blah, blah, blah. And that's something that's more personal to your family. So the, the person that you're writing to, like the teacher doesn't need to know that. Um, and so knowing what to delete from what you've written or what you might want to add. So kind of reflecting. And then you can even write that also into it is, you know, I took some time to kind of read through what I did. And I kind of feel like maybe you are warranted to give me another homework assignment. And then mindful, oh, sorry. And then you are going to appear confident. So also while reflecting back is, do you sound like you're in wise mind? Are you using both your emotional and your rational thinking? Are you trying to put yourself also into this equation? Like it's not just the teacher's fault that she's giving you assignments. So are you thinking about all the different things? So I understand that you do have to give me this assignment because we have things to complete. I feel like maybe we could be more prepared to do this if you help me with this. Um, and kind of have that, and that also brings us into negotiating. So if you are, um, we're actually to send or call this person on it, what do you need to do to help them with the situation to move, move forward in a solution? So um, maybe like if you could teach us some more of this, it can help us complete this at a faster level so that we can get it done. And then are you going to send it or are you not going to send that um, letter? And maybe you want to recite it because maybe this isn't a good letter. So this doesn't always have to be used as that, but you can bring it into as like your focal point and points so that you do stay on track and that you do stay confident in what you're stating. Because um, it is very important because a lot of times if we're feeling stressed or if we're feeling um, like our heart racing, it's hard to stay on topic. It's hard to stay 
focus on what you're doing and you might go back in like, like for me, I'll go back more into my emotional side or some people will go back into the rational side and just start spewing out facts that does not mean anything to the person that you're talking to. So having this already laid out into what you want to accomplish is going to make you appear confident and make someone want to work with you more. And like I said, you're negotiating. So you're putting yourself into the equation too of how you can help that person in a in um, completing the tasks that you actually want to have happen. Because as we like to say in social work is that you can never change anybody else. You can only change yourself, but you can help move people forward to get them to see where you're at. I love this. And I think that this um, can help in a few ways. So I know, especially I'm thinking about um, maybe middle school age girls who are um, getting their period for the first time or having all of these hormonal changes. And it's a tough time when you're overwhelmed with these hormones. And um, not to say that feelings are invalid by any means, but sometimes you just, and it happens, it happens to me sometimes too. You know, I get upset about something. Um, and when I sit to really think about it, then it's like, okay, maybe I'm being um, oversensitive or maybe I'm being a little bit irrational. Um, or on the flip side, it very well could be that, um, you know, once you take time to really think through it, you feel affirmed in the way that you feel. And you, f you feel like, yeah, you know, it, it makes sense that I feel this way because this was really unfair or that kind of thing. So I love it. I think it, it connects really well with, um, the, the mindfulness and the self-awareness, like it's very much all connected. Yeah, and this does not have to be used just in a stressful state. This can just be used for any type of, um, like if you're wanting to talk to the director of something to get a job, a job interview, um, it's great prep for a job interview of why you're the best candidate for this job. It's also great for college resumes. Um, Brenna, correct me if I'm wrong, but this would have been a great technique when we're writing out our essays of why you should be the person chosen for this program, for that school, um, for that scholarship. So this is, this is just an amazing technique, I think, to use when writing any type of thing that is saying, you should choose me or um, I have something to offer and here's how I'm going to help you get there. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is, this is awesome. I think of like a cover letter, even, you know, when you're applying for a job, this could be a great format for that cover letter. Um, so life skills, again, not only are we able with all of these tactics that we've talked about, not only are we able to help girls reduce their stress and anxiety, um, improve their mental health, but these really are all life skills because no matter where you're at in your life, you're going to have times where um, stress creeps up or maybe you have those feelings of anxiety, but we know that we are in control of how we react to those feelings and are we going to let those feelings control us or are we going to actively find ways that we can kind of manage them so thank you so much tracy for walking us through all these amazing techniques um, yeah, thank you for having me and yeah. i do want to say too is that stress and even anxious type feelings are not a negative thing. So never take them as a negative. Yeah, it has a bad like label and it can be a bad thing. However, it always can be turned as a positive. And so that's what these techniques are doing. It's helping turn it to a positive and kind of end that stigma of having anxiety is bad. Um, yes, maybe having full blown anxiety can be bad and it's bad in that time in that situation, but it can always be turned into a positive because usually when you're anxious about something, that means that you're actually very passionate about what you're doing and that means a lot to you. So really you're just in your emotional brain. So we're just getting you back into wise mind so you can turn that into a good thing. Stress is a bad thing. That means that you're excited about something and that it's something that means something to you. Because if we didn't have those, those type of feelings, then what would matter? And so it's really finding out what really matters to you and how to use that into good. Yes, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. It's about how we're, how we're thinking about the feelings. And maybe there is that negative connotation with stress and anxiety, but exactly what you said, how can we flip that around um, and make it a positive? I love that. So for our um, leaders or for parents listening, um, how do you think that this connects directly to Girl Scouting? 
Yeah, so Girl Scouts, we're building leaders here. And so how can we build leaders if they're not going to be put in a stressful situation? How can we make a leader if they're not going to um, go against that bully? That's going to be a hard time. Um, and so these skills really help prepare that leadership skills that other programs don't have. Girl Scouts has these tools to help move girls forward into leadership type roles, or even if they're not looking to become like a CEO of a company someday, even to be able to have good management skills. And so this is something that leaders can bring to their girls to make sure that those girls are prepared to go into situations that can be labeled as stressful or anxious or something that's brand new that could be hard and be the best that they can be at those situations. Yes, I love that. I think that's, that's so important, and I love the way that you described that. So, Well, Tracy, thank you so much again for joining us today and sharing your expertise. Um, I think that these techniques will have a wonderful impact on our troop leaders, on our parents, and of course, most importantly, our girls, um, because we know that we as Girl Scouts are here right now to support girls in this critical time. Um, and girls truly have never needed Girl Scouts more because as we heard in Jan's podcast, um, they're needing this sense of normalcy. They're needing this positive role model. They're needing this time with their friends. Um, and I think that this just puts another thing in our toolkit of how we can support girls right now. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing all this amazing information. Yes, thank you. And if anybody needs help with how to implement some of these tips or have any questions about how can I do this virtually or um, I have a parent asking for more information, you can always email me. We can set up a time to talk or have a Zoom so you can see us face to face. Um, so just email me at tjudy at gshom.org and I would love to chat with you because this is something that I just love so much. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. And I'll be sure to put your email address in the show notes as well, along with the hotlines that you mentioned in the text line too. So thank you again. This was an awesome episode. And I know I definitely have some new things that I can try out for times of, of stress or um, feelings of overwhelm. So thank you. To all of our listeners, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please be sure to do so by clicking that beautiful subscribe button that you see. Leave us a rating and a review and be sure to share this episode far and wide because if there are girls in your life right now, odds are they're dealing with feelings of stress and anxiety and uncertainty. And surely these techniques can kind of help them navigate those feelings and um, figure out how to move forward in a really positive way. So be sure to share this episode so that we can reach as many girls as possible and really just share the the power of Girl Scouting and all that we're trying to do right now to support girls because at the end of the day we are here to build girls of courage and confidence and character no matter what so please be sure to share this episode so we can reach as many girls as possible and until our next episode I'm Brenna Smith be bold be brave and leave each place a whole lot better than you found it change the world.